Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Akiva, how are you today? Um, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Hashtag no more Chester. What's that? You and I, uh, this is our third podcast recording of the week, because last week I uh, came on on your Seinfeld podcast with Rob Cicerino, even after you promised on the football podcast that I would not be invited. Yeah, you, you and, really squealed and wormed your way on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and one of your commenters put, threw up a hashtag, hashtag no more Chester, which uh, I think that's how my wife feels quite often, to be frank. Yeah, no more. Well, isn't she a Chester also? Uh, unfortunately well i i think she's lamenting no more chester like she no longer wants to be a chester i mean she could change her name she doesn't have to well, divorce you well that's what i'm well <laughs> if, if, so if if a, if a wife takes her husband's name mm-hmm. and then midway through the marriage switches back it's a bad sign but but doesn't get divorced that's so that's sort of like a half divorce right yeah i mean i had that's, a friend i had a friend who's like a warning who was owned by his wife so much that they're um not only did she keep her name but she insisted that, like, their door, like, the sign on their door said the, her last name and not his. Only hers? Only her last name. So it would be, like, As if with, didn't live with your wife, I assume her last name is, like, Smith. So it would be the Smiths instead yeah, of the Chesters. I, I, yeah. Um, yeah I rough. think, I th- um, yeah, my wife didn't switch her name for a while, also just because she was nervous about paperwork. But she eventually switched it. Yeah. So You know, we, like, uh, you're in we, college and then it gets messy if you switch your name. If you're in the middle, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we got a couple of uh, a fan uh, requests this week. One of them was from Jim68MY. That's Jimmy68, but the 68's in the middle there. That's his name on Twitter. And Jimmy asked us to do owner rankings. So, Jimmy, we uh, we heard your request. I actually sent Akiva over my uh, owner rankings. And and obviously these have to be taken with a grain of salt because if uh, if my quarterback rankings are, are you know, somewhat ignorant – and our coach rankings are quite ignorant. The the owner rankings, obviously, you know, we're really no. Our our coach rankings were on point. Everyone we knocked either got fired or is about to get fired. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I'm just saying these owner rankings. You know, we're really take them with a grain of salt. It's somewhat tongue in cheek. But um, so I did put together owner rankings. Akiva hasn't done it yet, so we will probably get to that in the podcast in the next week or two. But um, we do have the owner rankings in the works. Um, this week we're just going to power through these games. We have a. Uh, Three fantastic games this week, but yet again, none of them are at one at one p.m. the The early slot sucks this week. Although this week it's because they flexed, they flexed the Vikings Packers to four p.m. and then they flexed the Bengals Cardinals to Sunday Night Football. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the first time they flexed the game, I think, in a couple years, and uh, it's funny because it's the last type of game they'd ever flex to, uh, you know, in terms of uh, like it's two teams with very small fan bases, the Bengals and the Cardinals, but. Uh, it ends up being a game between two top five teams, you know, and they flexed yep. this a long time ago. It wasn't, oh, it wasn't. Yeah, this is as, yeah, this is, I mean, yeah, it's, I would even say top three teams or top four teams at the worst. This is about as good as the game as we've had this year. Um, although Cincinnati looked very, very bad last night, but we'll, we'll get to that game in, in time. Let's start with, with the, uh, with the early one o'clock games. Actually, a quick recap of last week. You and I both had a rough go at it, picking winners and losers, with all those underdogs winning. Wait, but I, um, but in my in my pick six league that you're also in, I went six and zero. Oh. So how yeah, ba- well, how I, bad of a week could I've had if I went well, six and zero oh versus the spread? Yeah, well, against the spread, I went nine and five. But in winners and losers, you went five and nine, and I went six. So that and makes eight. It, how could I how could I be worse 
in winners and losers than in the spread. It all it really makes well, no sense. Well, we both were, and that's because we picked a bunch of losers to cover. Well, but I had I had fewer wins or, that or underdogs. No sense. Well, I mean, look, I I'm looking at the games here. You picked the um you picked the Packers to to win and they lost, right? But I part picked, of the reason you Saint, yeah. You picked St. Louis to win and they lost. You picked Philadelphia to win and they lost. You picked Baltimore to win and they lost because of a questionable penalty. You picked Oakland to win and they lost. You picked the Giants to win and they lost. You picked the Broncos to win and they lost. You picked Cincinnati to win and they lost. You picked Seattle to win and they lost. So basically, you picked every single favorite to win and they all lost. So I'm assuming that against the spread, you picked the underdogs. Yeah. Now. yeah, but I, that's, that, that's really the story of this season. Underdogs have been covering at a fantastic rate. And, you know, and so that's why people who are picking underdogs against the spread are doing well. I thought the story of the um, season was Cam Newton's dancing. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to stop Cam Newton from dancing, don't let Cam Newton into the end zone. Okay, so let, let's get started. Let's get some of these ugly 1 p.m. games out of the way, and there's a lot of them. The first one is Tennessee at Jacksonville. Uh, that's actually the Thursday night game this week. Uh, it's really a game that it's it's a classic, you know, go on a date with your wife Thursday night. You really don't have to watch football. No, go um, on a date at 7 and be home by 825. So that you don't miss Tennessee and Jacksonville? You don't miss a snap, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, interesting. Jacksonville won at Baltimore. The NFL announced that they screwed up and that that play never should have happened. But the um, thing with that screwing up, and we were arguing about it. I was watching it at our, my friend Morty's house, and it wasn't like it's reviewable. Like, I don't even know why they're saying this now. Like, everyone knew that. Like, he wasn't set. It was very obvious. It's not a reviewable play, so what are you going to do? The other, the, the, They should have stopped and looked at it just because there's no way they could have been 100% sure that they snapped it with zero set with with one second on the clock, right? Yeah. Which they did, but it was so close. I think they should have. But what I found, and this happens, you see this during at the end of every close Super Bowl also. Referees, for some reason, seem to lose control of the game in the last 30 seconds of the game. Yeah, I'm well, serious. You have it, like, it's, the same, it's the same way the coaches make mistakes with clock management. I think there's sure. a lot going on. There's a lot going stressful. on, yeah. But I, but but with, but with refs, there's less going on. I think that's what's going on for you. That's what you should be paying attention to. And yeah. it just seems to happen constantly in the NFL. You have, uh, you know, teams running. You know, ba- referees basically like giving up on stuff, not paying attention to things on the last plays of the game. Like they're you know too focused on like running back, and uh, you know they don't get paid overtime if uh, the game goes to overtime. So, uh, but yeah, in terms of that game, the what's it called? The I well the funniest thing of that the Jaguars Ravens game is Bortles slips and falls and everyone's like laughing for like five seconds and then he gets up right because if Bortles never gets up the game is over and then once he gets up he's I'm sure he's thinking all right this is done like I'm gonna get smashed in a second <laughs> and he did and he does get smashed <laughs> but this wasn't as bad see people have short memories this was not nearly as bad as the Dwayne Rudd play. Yeah, but he took his helmet off. The, the yeah, Chiefs. because that game was over. Like here, at yeah, least former th- Viking. That penalty was was certainly and like, that got them into field goal range. It wasn't just about the clock. It was also it gave him fifteen yards. And wasn't it like a fifty-seven yard field goal or something? Yeah, and the Jets had one. Re- uh, I think the first game against Tampa in Week One uh, in Geno's first game two years ago, where where there was like a like a very ticky tack hitting Geno when he's like a step out of bounds. They gave him fifteen yards from midfield and they won the game with a field goal. But uh, yeah, bad loss for the Ravens, but their season was over. Could you, I mean, that's if if that is if the Ravens are like four and five playing that game, that's really heartbreaking. But I feel like their fans took it with a grain of salt because their season's over. Yeah, but Jacksonville, you know, three and six. If they win this week at home against Tennessee, you know, they they could be tied for first place in this division. Yeah, I can't believe Houston's four and five. I could have sworn that made them two and seven that win. It's kind of shocking that they somehow. Well, well yeah, we'll get to, to that. Four yeah. And five. That was we will definitely get to Houston because I have some some questions there as well. But um, you know Tennessee a week ago they looked pretty confident they won at New Orleans and then they they lost badly again. So I think Jacksonville is the more competent team. They have more to play for because as we said you know they're only a game out of the division right now. And so at home on a Thursday night. And by the way I think Tennessee and Jacksonville play Thursday night every year. It's almost like they want to give those teams those fan bases a national TV game, but nobody wants to watch it. No, I, I'll tell a- you what what. It- they have to give them a national game. Everyone has to play on Thursday once, right? Yeah. And, and so then – and you, and you don't want one of those teams to play a good team and then get blown out. Right. You don't want one of them to play twice. You don't, you don't want Jacksonville one week and Tennessee one week. So just have them ruin one Thursday night football. Put it late where no one's going to – you know. But they got very lucky that this is a, a legitimate game. They're, you know, Jacksonville has fantasy-relevant players, which I guess they always kind of have because of MJD. Tennessee doesn't really, unless you're a big Antonio Andrews fan and you're in a deep league. No, no, nobody's watching this game. But uh, we both think Jacksonville's going to win, right? 
I feel like Jacksonville plays very exciting games, though. The Jets game uh, two weeks ago was exciting. The Bills game three weeks ago was exciting. Because Bortles can fling the ball around to the Allens, uh, you know, they seem to be able to stay in almost every game. So are you picking Jacksonville? Yeah, at home, I'll pick Jacksonville here. But I, I, I feel just, like Mariota. I just feel like our, our, lis- our listeners game. are dwindling as we talk more and more about the bottom. No, no, no. no. The They're telling South. their friends to listen to this, this podcast of talking Titans, Jags, in depth. I yeah. think I think you say yes to Mariota this week. I feel like he's going to have a huge week. All right, but uh, but not enough to pull out a W. No, 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 no. But fans. And by the way, it's, it's hilarious, but, but Tennessee still technically, if they win, then they could be just, you know, within a game of the division, <laughs> depending on what the other, what Houston and Indy do. Huge All right, game. so let's... Yeah, let's let's get to one o'clock, and let's uh, let's start with those two teams actually. So we'll get to Indy. Indy's going to Atlanta, and my big deal was made about the fact that Hasselback won his previous two starts, but they were against you know those two dregs in the AFC South. Now they're playing at Atlanta. Atlanta uh, Packers like in the fact that they you know started hot in six and zero and haven't won a game since, but at home against Hasselback, I mean both both of these teams coming off a of bye, but this this has to be where Atlanta finally gets their shit together, right? Maybe, but not. They're definitely not going to blow out Indianapolis. Atlanta's not good enough to blow anybody out. I don't yeah. think. Well, Atlanta's they haven't blown only anybody blown all year. Well, they blew out Houston. When week right. one? Uh, that was like week three or four, I think. But okay, so so we have Atlanta winning that game, and and then and so that means that Indy drops to four and six in the division. Jacksonville with a win, they'll be four and six. And now let's get to Houston. Houston, I got to be honest, I hadn't been paying too much attention to them this year. After they, no, started, I feel like they totally fell off the map the last few. Weeks. Yeah, well, they started the season really poorly. Everybody forgot about them. They were getting blown out, and the narrative for Houston was that the one thing they had, which was the elite defense, wasn't showing up. As we said, for example, I think they gave up forty-eight points to to the Falcons, but everybody watched them Monday night, and it was especially heartbreaking for people like me, whose fantasy season was on the line and just needed anything from Tyler Eifert, and we got nothing but a bunch of drops. And Houston's defense was dominant. Bad Andy Dalton came, and, and then he got even more pathetic after the game, where he whined about JJ Watt, you know, calling him the uh, <laughs> the red BB gun or something. There's another yeah, word in there. The red rocket was a red BB gun, and then and then you saw Dalton's reaction in, in the press conference, right? He's a loser. I mean, he was going on and on about how JJ Watt's such a bad influence and shows what kind of character he has. It's like, come on, buddy, it's a joke. You know, chill here. Um, yeah, but Andy, you've lost you, plenty of big games before. You should you yeah. act like you've been there before, which he has. Yeah, but if Houston is shutting out. Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Now they have the Jets coming to visit, and you know your Jets are headed in the wrong direction. All of a sudden, Houston wins this game. You're both five and five. Houston's atop the division by themselves, and for whatever it's worth, they'd have a tiebreaker. Man, over Houston could get the, the wild, wild card. card. Forget the division. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. I mean, we thought Houston season was completely over, and all of a sudden they have a massive game in Week 11. And for the Jets, it's also a big game for the same reason. A Jets win, you're back to six and four. It, probably in the driver's seat for that second wild. Well, this card. is their easiest game left on the schedule, so they really have. This is a must win for the Jets. Yeah, and I've gone back and forth on this one a lot. Uh, before Monday night, I was picking the Jets, but I'm actually switching to Houston after after seeing what Houston did last night because I think Houston's defense can shut out the Jets. And I, I guess shut down. Well, shut down. Let's say, mm-hmm. look, the Jets have great receivers and a good running back, but the Bengals have all of that also. The the only question I have is, can TJ Yates do anything against the Jets' defense? You know, Revis is hopefully going to shut out Hopkins, which is the only real weapon that the that the Texans have. Right. Yeah. I mean, by the way, Peter King's written like 10,000 words this week on like the decline of Darrell Revis and Revis took Sammy Watkins, who's now healthy and is like one of the more talented wide receivers in the league. If he hasn't fully established himself as like, you know, the twin to like Odell Beckham yet. Uh, And he threw like nine passes to Watkins and Watkins had 15 yards receiving. So let's not go so crazy. You know, although as I, I do remember, I said to you during that game on the most important play of the game. Watkins picked up a first down against Revis, and then the Bills were able to run off. Oh, the he made a game. nice move, and he got three yards. Congratulations! Yeah. He could have well, done that against anybody in the league. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm not trashing Revis. I think that it, it's tough because I think Houston's defense is really good. I just don't know where is TJ Yates going to score points if Revis is shutting down Hopkins. Right, they don't have Foster, so it's, and they're not. You know, we keep saying this, and for some reason, some teams have been able to run on the Jets, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to really establish the run at all. They weren't last night. You know, the run was embarrassing last night. I mean, I'm usually pessimistic as a Jets fan, but I know that we might not score a lot of points against the Texans. But unless we have a game like last week where we literally hand the team seven points like the Jets did when their kick return just dropped the fumble, you know, dropped the kickoff return into the hands of a bill who who walked it in for a touchdown. I, I just can't see the Texans scoring a lot of points. I agree. The thing is that we played the Patriots and Fitzpatrick's not so tall. And Rob Ninkovich, like, knocked down three or four passes at the line. So only God knows how many passes J.J. Watt's going to knock down at the line this game. 
Well, and it's Fitzpatrick revenge game. He was on Houston last year, and they decided they didn't need him. Yeah, they, they had they Ryan, pro- they probably Ryan know. Mallett and yeah. Brian Hoyer and TJ Yates. <laughs> so who are you picking in this game? I'm going to pick the Jets, but you know I'm very nervous about this game. Yeah, you're usually the pessimistic fan, and you always pick against I mean, Houston's team, really been, not good. Let's not let's not go crazy over this. Yeah, over I'm probably I'm probably over giving too much credit for what I just saw last night, but I can't help it. I saw last night they won ten six at Is TJ Yates starting for sure. Go, I I think so. Well, either way, I'm picking Houston because look, going into that game, Cincinnati was arguably the best team in football. People no. were saying. I have the I have the Patriots number one, but people were saying that with all the receivers banked up, you now they lost uh, Edelman along with Deion Lewis. People were saying, "Oh, the Bengals are really the best team in the league; they're in the driver's seat." I mean, that was just a shocking game. But uh, I, I'm giving Houston credit on. I'm, I'm going to pick him here, so um, that'll put him at five and five and atop that division. So very, very uh, interesting goings on in the AFC South, where Andrew Luck's departure opens that division wide up uh, to a team maybe under 500 or unless Houston keeps winning. All right, let's, let's keep moving on here. Oakland at Detroit, uh, yet another game with, with a, with a road favorite, the Raiders. I saw them last week. You know, Derek Carr is very good, although he didn't do anything in the second half, but I'm going to pick Detroit here again. And almost for the same reason, Detroit just went into green Bay and won. And you know, Oakland, they, they can stay close with teams, but the bottom line is that they're under 500. Yeah, they can't stop anybody. Their defense is yeah. really it, – it's really the opposite of some of the Raiders teams from the last few years. Their offense is really way ahead of their defense. I do think that they'll be able to patch up their secondary and their defensive line. Their linebackers are looking okay uh, in the offseason and become a real – you know, I don't want to say contender, but like a team that is vying for the playoffs every year. But I think right now in season, they just have too many weak spots in their secondary. Um, I, you know, I'm not totally writing off the Lions – uh, you look at the results. It's not like they've. I mean, wait, hold on a second. Before that game against the Packers on Sunday, they were dead last in everybody's power rankings, including ours. The last time we saw them, they lost by five touchdowns. So, you know, to say yeah, who they lose by five touchdowns to the white hot Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, they they fired everybody. Um, I mean, that was a fluky game. I don't that that game against the Packers. There was you know just a lot of crazy things happening, and the Lions desperately try to give that one away. Right between the missed extra points, between Calvin Johnson flubbing the onside kick. I mean, they really tried to give that one away, and, and the Packers. You know, we'll get to the Packers, but um, I mean, it's not know, like Jack. Though you know, Caldwell is such a bad coach. I feel like a good coach can take advantage of of their weaknesses, but it's not like Jack Del Rio is going to really you know work run circles around him. All right, so do you think Oakland's going to win on the road? I'll say yeah, Oakland by three. Yeah, it's funny. So, you know, when I picked these games earlier today, I had both Oakland and the Jets, but I'm switching to Detroit and Houston. I'm I'm influenced by these crappy teams uh, pulling out wins last week. All right, let's move on. Tampa Bay at Philadelphia. Boy, these 1 p.m. games, it's just bad game after bad game. Well, here's the thing. If you're a Jets fan like me, or, you know, usually, you know, a Viking fan like you, like if you root for the Ravens or you root for the Cowboys or the Bears, just watch that game. You know, don't worry about the Red Zone channel. And just watch your team and enjoy your team. Yeah, well, but my team's not playing at 1 o'clock because we're getting flexed because all of a sudden we're uh, playing serious games. So is that the national so, game this week? That's the big – is that that's the Joe Buck game? Well, so, you know, Minnesota Radio has – I mean, Minnesotans really have circled the wagons. And, and we have a lot of bitterness towards the national, you know, disrespect for the Vikings. And I was listening to uh, Minnesota Sports Talk Radio this morning. And there was endless whining about how Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are just the Packers' personal announcers because they travel from week to week with the Packers. What the hell were they doing announcing that Packers-Lions game? That game is garbage. And well, now first of all, they, because of flights and stuff, those, those decisions are usually made like three weeks in advance. Yeah. But yeah, so that is the game of the week. And, and we're going to hear, you know, a lot of uh, slurping of, of Aaron Rodgers, of course. But um, yeah, we'll, get, well, we'll get to the Packers. And we'll it's not even fair because Buck and Aikman do the Cowboys all the time also. When the Cowboys yeah. aren't, uh, playing a night game, it's you know generally. I mean, they're in Miami and and they're they're two and seven, so it's not this week. But in in general, yeah, that's the you have to understand. Joe Buck lost all credibility in Minnesota when he you know complained about Randy Moss's despicable display in the 2004 Wild Card game against the Packers. Yeah, and then when he tried to steal his father's iconic description of the Kirby Puckett home run uh, for for the Cardinals. In the oh, World you Series. can steal your dad's description. That's fine. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, that was fine. That that was a nice uh, honor to his father. And uh, all right, so now we have Philadelphia on to their backup quarterback in uh, Mark Sanchez with uh, Br- Bradford. Look, Bradford made it through uh, 10 weeks. I don't think not many people saw that coming. Obviously, Shamir Simon did, but Shamir Simon also thought the Eagles were going to go 12-4 and four and score 500 points. 
There's still time. I think uh, I don't know how much you watched of the Eagles last week, Ooh, but too much. The uh, I thought Sanchez looked really good until the interception. His his play fakes, which were always one of the best parts of his game, were really on point. And through some sweet passes, there was a lot of you know real nice Chip Kelly play calling. And I think that uh, it's going to be a big big upgrade short term from Bradford to Sanchez. Well, here's the thing: this division, you know, we're talking about the AFC South. Eight and eight can win the division. Eight and eight can win the NFC East easily. Uh, the Eagles, the Giants, and, and Washington's not out of it either. And, and we'll get to the Cowboys. You really love the Cowboys now that Romo's back. So, uh, you know, the, the Eagles don't look very good, but but they're right in the thick of it in that terrible division. And and Tampa Bay, uh, they they did not impress me with their winning. No, I mean obviously, listen, all, every team I, and, and the Cowboys defense, I have a lot of respect for, but especially when you have no quarterback, a lot of times you see defenses break down in the third or fourth quarter just because they're on the field so much. But to me, like it was impressive that they did march down the field and win the game. But to me, it's it, you know you have to you have to score a little bit, and I mean they're de- you can't complain about their defense, right? They led six points. But you can't just score 10 points. You can't score three points in the first 55 minutes against the team with, you know, Matt Castle playing quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we owe an apology to Kyle, our Bucks fan in the preseason, because Winston had really cut down on his turnovers. Obviously, he had two picks uh, on Sunday, but he, you know, I think he had gone three or four games in a row with no turnovers before that. Nevertheless, I'm going to pick the Eagles in this game. I think it's going to be close. I don't know if they're going to cover, but I think the Eagles are going to win this one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Eagles are going to win. Oh, for sure. All right. Um, okay. N- now, now let's get to Denver and Chicago. Now, first of all, we we have a, a another reader email here uh, about the Broncos. To be fair, this email comes from Superfan Robbie Weisenfeld, and he asked this uh, last week before the Broncos game against the Chiefs. But let me read his email. Subject line: Peyton Manning. Is he the new Alex Smith? He's not going to win you any games, but a game manager with a good D at this point. Where would you rank him amongst QBs in the league for the remainder of the season? Now again, to be to be <laughs> to be fair, to, unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> to be, yeah, to be fair to Robbie, he did submit that email before the game. However, before the game, you know, based on the uh, the Chester quarterback rating, Peyton Manning was the worst quarterback in the NFL this year, and so he's not a game manager because the purpose of a game manager is a guy who doesn't turn the ball over. It's a guy who who doesn't have a strong arm. He's not going to throw it down the field, you know. But maybe he'll end the season with something like fifteen touchdowns, but only like five or six picks. Uh, Peyton Manning had 13 interceptions coming into this game. Obviously, after this game, he now has 17 interceptions. Uh, you know, a massively nobody else has more than 12. So, and, and now, now obviously he's injured, and Brock Osweiler's back. And, and I hope we see Peyton Manning one more time this season because it would be depressing if that's the la- last we ever see of the greatest player, to, uh, football player of all time. Um, that would be depressing to me. But I think the answer to Robbie's question is is no, he's not a game manager. And the Broncos, it, it, it's just so interesting. Wait, how how does Brady how does Brady not pass Manning at this point in your mind? Because his numbers are nowhere close to Manning's. Brady, because, I mean, at this point, Brady is playing is going to be the MVP this season, and Manning yeah. is the LVP. Like, doesn't that count well, for something? Brady's much much better than Manning this year. That's correct. Aren't, but, haven't no, there I'm, been a lot of years that Brady was better than Manning? No, I think there's been two or three. Hold on, let me whip out my. Uh, all-time quarterback rankings, and let me compare their numbers. Peyton has 15,000 more yards. He has 140 more touchdowns. You know, So Brady's got a way to go to catch up to him. If Brady wants to play at least 45, he could. Brady's going to win his third MVP this year, but Peyton has five MVPs, right? Peyton's won uh, 20 more games as a quarterback than Brady has, although, again, if Brady keeps playing, he's going to surpass that. So I think that it's it's close, but I don't think that we can say that Brady, in the regular season, is better yet. Right, this is really now let's look at okay. Uh, in, in their career in the playoffs, quarterback rating for Tom Brady eighty nine. Quarterback rating for Peyton Manning eighty nine. Yards per game, Brady two fifty three, Peyton two eighty three. Uh, you know, touchdown interception ratio uh, favors uh, Pey- Brady a little bit, but again, their quarterback rating is very similar. The difference is their record. Peyton's eleven thirteen, Brady's twenty one and eight. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that Brady's had much better defenses and has had a much better coach. You know, again, if Brady plays another five years, maybe that'll change. But anyways, coming back to this week, the Broncos, all of a sudden, having beaten the Packers, were on the top of the world. Everybody said they were a phenomenal team. Now they're going at Chicago, and I don't know who's going to win this game. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you, Chicago's going to win the game. Wow. They're playing really well. I feel like Butler has a groove. They have a good coach. Do you know John Fox is going to dial up everything? He's bringing... Any trick play, you know, he's bringing he's bringing the, his A game this week. He's going to give him the real plays, you know. 
not the yeah. <laughs> also, to be clear, you know the Broncos were missing two of their best defensive players last week. Uh, Akib Talib with his little eye poke, he'll be back on the field. I don't know. I think I think I'm going to pick Denver in this one. I just I don't want to put too much into what we saw last week. Again, they were undefeated with Peyton Manning playing as the worst quarterback in the league. So Brock Osweiler doesn't have to be that good to meet that low threshold. And you know, again, before last week, we wouldn't have even thought the Bears had a chance against the Broncos. So I'm going to give Denver one more chance. But um, you know, obviously, we don't know anything about Brock Osweiler yet, so it's tough. But I'm going to pick Denver. Now let's move on to St. Louis at Baltimore. St. Louis, another team uh, who's making a switch at quarterback. Nick Foles, only uh, one spot ahead of Peyton. He's the second-worst quarterback in the league by Chester quarterback ranking and also by traditional quarterback ranking. Actually, he's just above Andrew Luck in that number. Uh, but he's been he's been really, really bad. This St. Louis offense has really been able to do nothing other than Todd Gurley and the occasional end-around by Tavon Austin. So now they're going to the immortal Case Keenum. Yeah, I actually uh, – I, did I say this to you last week or a Rams fan maybe? I, I didn't realize that Keenum was Foles' backup. I do think that they switched two or three weeks too late, uh, knowing that piece of information, because Foles just had nothing. There was actually there was an article in the LA Times, Sam Farmer writer, uh, watched um, the game Sunday with a bunch of quarterback stats, like Archie Manning and Alex Smith's stat, and he watched it with Nick Foles' dad last week, which must have been really <laughs> a very set. It wasn't such a good article, honestly. He really should have painted a better picture, but I guess he was being delicate, and I'm not sure how much... Uh, David Foles or whatever his name was, uh, was talking, but, uh, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, Foles, obviously, I can't believe the guy threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions so recently in a season, but, uh, I I think Baltimore, if, if Harbaugh has them playing, which I think he will, I think they blow the Rams doors off. Well, Case Keenum in in that disastrous two and 14 year for the Texans when Matt Schaub, you know, combusted Case Keenum had a nice three game run there where he was, you know, looking pretty good but then the league caught up with him and and he's he's not the answer for st louis so for a team that people uh you know you thought was headed to the playoffs and bill simmons and cousin sale had bet was going to win the nfc again i I said at the time that i thought they had the worst offense in the nfc and i just don't see how adding case keenum improves that offense very much so i'm going to pick baltimore as well and uh, i think this is a must win for st louis if they lose their season i don't know st louis st louis's cap space situation but they really – I mean, obviously, they need to get the best quarterback available. Uh, but, they, you know, they also are so desperate for receivers. You know, you have yeah. Gurley. Gurley's – you know, you, not everyone's Adrian Peterson who has, you know, seven, eight super high-quality seasons. You know, assume that Gurley only has a couple of years before something bad happens. And you really have to, like, capture that lightning in a bottle and go get – you know, go get – and they've also missed on some high picks with offensive linemen, right? But go get yeah. – you know, go get an offense with this defense. And you could you – know, the, 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 with the – if they hit a home run in the offseason, the Rams could be a serious contender next season. Yeah, the interesting thing, by the way, the line, you, me, Bill Sell, everybody guessed that Baltimore would be favored in this game. And St. Louis is actually favored on the road. So uh, people are really disrespecting the Ravens. Uh, you know, they keep, they keep finding heartbreaking ways to lose every game. So maybe they'll do it again this week. But um, all right, let's move on. Dallas at Miami. So you love the Cowboys. You've been saying that you think that the Tony, with Tony Romo, the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. Uh yeah, the, with Tony Romo the whole season the Cowboys would be 7 and 2 right now, not 2 and 7. So you think the Cowboys are better than better than the Vikings? No question. Better than the Cardinals? I mean the Cardinals are really good, but they, yeah, they'd probably be better than the Cardinals. They'd be right there. Better than better than the Panthers? Better than the Panthers for sure. Wow. Okay, so let's let's I look uh, at their defense. I mean, you don't know how hard it is. I've seen teams with horrible quarterbacks and above average defenses. And you don't know how hard it is to keep, you know, when your quarterback throws an interception, the other team starts at like the 34. It, you don't know how hard it is to, you know, to, to allow three points almost in that game. The Dallas defense is really something. Their offensive line is incredible. So Roman's going to come back and he's going to have a ton of time to throw to good receivers and or good receiver and Jason Witten. And I, they're just going to smash people now. The th- problem is I like Miami uh, and I know Miami's had sort of one of the one of the more schizophrenic like sort of groups of results this season right where they've like won some impressive games and been destroyed in some not some not so impressive fashion so it's not my ideal in Miami it's not my ideal like first week back for Romo especially with there's you know there's a couple of guys there that could get to him but I'm well, who, telling who you, you if pick, they you if pick, they win this game, win this game I'm going to pick well, who, who, I'm going to pick Dallas in a close game if they win okay, this so game So Dallas ends their seven game losing streak if they win this game 
Uh, I well, mean, let's go through. Okay, so they win. Let's but no, say but I want to say I want to just talk about the week ahead. If they win this yeah. game, and they they you know it would be helpful for them. I don't, I don't think Philly's going to lose at home to Tampa, and the Giants are on a bye. Um, but you're going to hear talk like, could the Cowboys run the table and, and get in nine seven and one? It's possible they could run on the table, but I don't even think nine and seven guarantees I, you anything. First of all, I, I don't think we're going to hear that talk because I think you're the only one in America who hasn't given up on the Cowboys. But let's go through the schedule. First of all, you're forgetting how crazy Cowboys fans are. Okay, so let's give them a win. They're three and seven. I mean, you realize they, they lost that. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's go through They the lost schedule. the They're 10 playing. 6 game. They've lost two games in overtime, and they lost the game by one point. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. That's the last five you know. weeks. And the Atlanta game, the only game they got killed was New England, which, fine, they were going to get killed probably anyway. The Atlanta game, they were winning by double digits, and they lost. Okay, all right. So they win this week. They're three and seven. They play at home against Carolina. You're going to have to win that one. Uh, and Carolina's undefeated season, four and seven. I mean, I'm then telling you, go, that's going to be – if they, right. they win this, it's going to be a very exciting uh, Thanksgiving Day game. Well, if Carolina's undefeated – look, we, we just saw an undefeated team lose on national TV to the garbage Texans. So it could happen. All right, so now they're four and seven, and then they get a little bit of extra rest, a lot of extra rest. They play Monday night at Washington. Yeah, they have Washington like almost looks, a, like a full bye because yeah. it's Thursday night right. to the next so Monday. What, so what happens with Washington? Come on, they're going to win. At Wa- I mean, Washington looks pretty good. Okay. okay. At Washington. I mean, okay, five and seven. Yeah. Then they go at Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think they lose that game and then they win the last three and go eight and eight. All right. Well, again, I think eight and eight's winning this division. So I don't think so. Cowboys- I don't think so. All right. Well, I, th- I think so. you're underestimating the Giants. I feel like the Giants just every other week seem to be unstoppable on offense. I mean, they looked unstoppable against New Orleans, but literally everybody looked unstoppable against New Orleans. You know, their, their clock management continues to be a disaster. I mean, they really found unique ways to blow that game against the Patriots. How do we get on the Giants? So the Giants are on a bye. So you think Dallas is going to win, and you think that – well, you don't think – you think their season's alive, but you don't think 8-8's enough. I think 8-8's enough. So I don't think the Cowboys are going to get to 8-8. But um, we'll see what happens. So let's talk about Washington. Now, Washington goes to Carolina. Washington, again, they looked really, really good, but everybody looks good against New Orleans. Carolina keeps chugging along, and I, I think they keep that win streak going into Thanksgiving. So I think they're going to beat Washington at home. But I think it's going to be close. I don't, I don't know why Carolina is uh, giving 7.5 points. Is, did I say seven and a half? By the way, you said seven. Oh, okay. And what did you say? We both uh, we both said seven. Uh, we tied that one for the week. By the way, uh, spoiler alert: I won nine to eight, but it was uh, very close. Very close. Should we have a bet that we don't come through with, just like uh, Bill and Sal? Oh, like beating each other with a sandwich. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I at the at the uh, twenty twelve Olympics, I worked with with uh, Sal's like old college roommate, or maybe right after college roommate. And so, like, I had him text a few things, and one of them was like, "You know that, uh, like, you owe Bill like three Subway sandwich beatings." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, lol, we forgot." <laughs> yeah, uh, but we already have a bet on the Vikings and Rams. So, uh, what's the score right, right so now? The bet was who would get more wins from the, the point of the bet from week week four on. The loser has to travel to the winner's house for a live recording of a podcast by October of 2016. Okay. Vikings are 5-1 and one since then. And St. Louis, drumroll, please. But we, they just lost again this week. And they lost the Vikings the week before. So they're 3-3. Three and three. So I have a two-game lead against you in that no, bet. It's not looking good. Yeah, Case Keenum to save the day. Yeah. New York is All okay. Right. The Upper East Side, I'm not, I'm not so willing to go to. So hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Washington, Carolina. We both think Carolina's going to win, right? Yeah. But it'll be close. Yeah, Washington's fine. Okay. Casey at San Diego. So the Chiefs and, – and I, I got to take a little bit of credit because I, I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I said that the Chiefs, after I yeah, saw them – you're right. Yeah, I, I said I didn't think their season was over. I didn't think that they were going to destroy Denver, obviously. But um, all of a sudden, I think they are probably in the driver's seat for that second wild card. If not the first. Well, over Pittsburgh? Well, they beat Pittsburgh, so they'd get a tiebreaker there. Yeah, I mean I, I think that they're a team that everyone's scared to play right now. It's kind of crazy. In my power rankings, I have them number nine right now. They're under 500, and they're nine in my power rankings. Yeah, Bill, uh, Peter King had them nine, but somewhere else I saw this. I think Pro Football Focus had them at 19, so they're really all over the map. Yeah, well, I mean, the middle of the league. Look, I have them Oh, I know. I mean, five. King had, like, the Seahawks at 11. I mean, I, yeah. Well, here's an example. So I have them ninth because they're four and five. I have Houston, who's also four and five, 27th. So, you know, there's a wide range. There's, there's the top three teams or the top four teams, I guess, uh, New England, Cincinnati, Carolina, Arizona. And then there's the bottom four or five teams and everybody else. You know, right now I have the Vikings fifth. Do I think the Vikings are the fifth best team in football? No, but, you know, they've won five games in a row. By the way, New England, Cincinnati, Carolina, Arizona, while that would be very good football, if that was the final four this season, uh, that would be like death for the NFL. 
Why? But the, the NFL doesn't care about. Oh no, they you know, do. They TV markets. They do. Come on. They, I mean, first of all, no team is more national at this point than the Patriots. Sure, but the Bengals are 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 not a not a TV winner, and Carolina and Arizona are probably along with Jacksonville and Tennessee, the bottom in the bottom four in the league in terms of Yeah, it's of, funny. You you've been hating on Carolina all year, not in terms of talent, in terms of watching. You say they're the least Yeah, they're still boring. They're boring. Yeah. Deadspin uh, just posted a couple days ago that article. They said Cam Newton is the most exciting football player to watch. So yeah. I thought no, it was I, like listen to someone who watches their games. Uh, me. It's they're not exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I I'm not sure what where your cause for all this hate is, but let, let's I mean, who's exciting? Talk. Jonathan Stewart, Jericho Cotchery? Who's excited? Well, Cam, Cam Noon's very excited. What's he doing? He's running the ball twice a game. All right. Let, let's come back to Kansas City at San Diego. Mm-hmm. I think San Diego's going to win. I really do. I think, like Baltimore, they've been snake bit in a lot of these close games, but they're coming off a bye. Phillip Rivers got to feed his eight kids. And Kansas City, I think the hype is, you know, going a little bit too high all of a sudden coming off that big win at Denver. I think these two teams, I still think, you know, that both of these teams are about eight, eight, nine, and seven teams. Kansas City has a little bit of a higher ceiling. But I'd rather have Philip Rivers, even with all his banged up receivers, than than Alex Smith with Jeremy Macklin and, and Travis Kelsey. Sure, but the rest uh, of the team shootout. is is not a competition right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that San Diego's receivers are all banged up does concern me a little bit. The fact that their home field advantage is non-existent does concern me a little bit. Although, I mean, the you know, Chiefs, I, if the Chiefs were a little better, I don't know how many Chiefs fans were planning on going to this game because they looked so bad a few weeks ago. I mean, they're going to have another home game this week. Yeah, uh, how well do Chiefs fans travel? I'm not I sure. I think decently, but, uh, but I also think like this is usually the type of trip you plan a few months in advance, and I can't imagine uh, that you know that that was planned. So maybe a few. I think that, fans I think the Chiefs fans, if Chiefs fans are going on the road, they're going to Denver probably, right? Yeah, that's the big game you want to go to. But these are tickets you're easy to get. It's one of the cheapest tickets of the year, probably. Yeah, and who doesn't want to fly to San Diego in, you know? Yeah, you could make a whole weekend out of it for sure. Yeah. All right. So are you going to pick Kansas City? Because I'm picking San Diego for some Yeah, I'm going to pick KC for sure. They're white hot. All right. Don't don't go off your own bandwagon. You were the first person on the bandwagon. Don't go off now. Yeah. All right. Speaking of bandwagons, let's get to the game of the week. Mm -hmm. Well, the game of the week in in my. Seahawks Niners. Yeah. Packers. All right. Yeah, fine. Let's do Seahawks Niners first. That makes sense. Get these bad games out of the way. Nothing to say here. Seahawks are going to win again easily like they did last time these teams played. Right? I mean, Gabbard's yeah. playing. <laughs> I'm asking. He is. I, he is. I do yeah, think that like we – Tom Sewell announced that. We talk about like um, it, it, you know, the, Niner, the Niners didn't really have hopes of being a great team this year. I'm sure in their heads maybe they did. You can't have – can't go into a season with Blaine Gabbard as your really only option for backup. And as bad as you feel for the Cowboys for having such a major injury with Romo – you know, you know, if you start the season with Matt Moore as your backup and he wins you two of those seven games and you're fine, right? Matt Moore on the Dolphins? Yeah, he's on the Dolphins. He hasn't ha- played in a while. Yeah, but, but has he yeah, He hasn't played in like three, four years. Okay. So we have no idea what he is. Well, Matt Hasselbeck hasn't played in like four decades and he's been good. The point is, <laughs> yeah. don't start with a quarterback that, or at least a rookie, like someone who might be good. You know, they, There's not a lot of good backups out there. I mean... And also, San Francisco's a team. Like, Kaepernick is not a guy who's injury prone. He, and he wasn't benched for injury reasons. Okay, he was you need to have a backup quarterback. I mean, what the Steelers did this week was criminal. Like, if I was the owner of the general manager of the Steelers, I would be so upset this week that, I mean, there was no reason Roethlisberger was in that game. He's so, he gets hurt every week. It was a blowout. I understand why they didn't play him. And, and really, they were just exposed as having no respect for the Browns, right? In the fact that Well, yeah, in hindsight, play. he was clearly healthy because, as you pointed out, they had no third quarterback, which means that if Landry Jones was going out, if Roethlisberger was injured, they had nobody else. They would have had to play Heath Miller. So obviously, Roethlisberger was healthy because otherwise they would have had a third quarterback. And if Roethlisberger was healthy, why wasn't he starting in the first place? Basically because they completely disrespected they the Browns. They knew that Landry Jones could beat the Browns, and they were right. But yeah. I, I think at, at a certain point, well, we don't know if Vic right should have because... come in that game because well, there was Vic no was reason injured. to play, play Roethlisberger. Oh, Vic's in, he's well, too injured to play Vic? No. It was crazy. In my fantasy football league, I traded a guy who needed a quarterback because he had Big Ben. I traded him Matt Castle uh, you know, at 12.59 p.m. And, of course, Roethlisberger ends up throwing for 380 yards and two touchdowns, and Castle did nothing. Uh, so very very ironic. Uh, Mike Tomlin really screwing with fantasy owners. I, I think I heard that less than one-tenth of one percent of uh, daily fantasy teams started Roethlisberger last week. And for the people who did – why? There's no justification for that. Why would you start a guy who wasn't supposed right, to play? Right, it's daily fantasy. Sense. It's not like you picked a team week one and you got stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's not like, oh, you forgot to change your lineup. So that really made no sense. But um, those, By the way, yeah. those are the people with the real inside information. Forget DraftKings. Yeah. <laughs> like Tomlin's right. like, trust me, Roethlisberger's coming in. We're going to fake an injury to Landry Jones so Roethlisberger can play. All right, let's by the way, that would be brilliant, right? 
They have them game plan for Landry Jones, have him fake an injury on the first play. Oops, it's Roethlisberger who you didn't plan for at all. I, I mean, I guess so. It's next level stuff. Well, uh, yeah, and I, I don't know if Cleveland wasn't going to win that game anyways. Cleveland's given up on their team. Yeah, well, you don't do that um, against Cleveland. You do that against Belichick. Yeah. All right, let's let's get to Vikings and Packers. Uh, let, let, you know, there's a lot to say about both these teams. Let's start with the Packers. You know, 6-0, and they lose at Denver. Understandable. Aaron Rodgers throwing for 77 yards, not so understandable. Lose at Carolina, understandable. Again, no offense for three quarters, not so understandable. Lose at home to the Lions, not understandable. Not I felt justifiable. like the game was a little fluky. It just seemed like it was one of those games where no bounce went their way the whole time, and they were still able to almost scramble. Wait, which game? Which game? The, 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 Lions. the Lions game, yeah. They got tons of bounces. The Lions kicker missed two extra points. They co- co- collected an onside kick when Kelvin Johnson. Oh, jumped. I'm not they talking about the last two needed. minutes of the game. Obviously, in the last two minutes, things were going. All right, way. they got a lot. Now, I need to say something else. Everybody loves to defend and DFI Aaron Rodgers, and so do we. We've called him the best quarterback in the league, and we said, "Oh man, that Jordy Nelson." Well, injury right now, I would really say Brady's the best quarterback in the league, but we. Oh, right now, okay, yeah, and everybody's saying, "Well, it's really the Jordy Nelson injury." Please cut the bullshit. He still has Randall Cobb, who's a, about as good a slot receiver as there is. He still has uh, Devontae Adams and James Jones. He still has Eddie Lacy and, and – uh, Okay, James Jones was cut by a team that needed receivers, and Devontae Adams had like 40 passes right. thrown to him and couldn't the point, catch one. The point is we've discussed how many teams have terrible receivers sure. in this league. Right, the, Cam the Newton's doing okay, except yeah. when you look at Rodgers' numbers, they're a thousand times better than Cam Newton's. Yeah, but the last three weeks he's done nothing. His numbers were great the first seven weeks. The last three weeks, now he put up good numbers. Timeout. He ended up twenty-one touchdowns, three interceptions this year. What can you complain about? You can complain about the fact that he threw for seventy-seven yards against the Broncos. That he threw for under hundred yards in the first three quarters against Carolina. He put up a lot of garbage numbers in that game. Remember, they were down by twenty in the fourth quarter. They made it close, yeah. and then against the Lions, also he did nothing until the last five minutes of that game. Also, so other than the last five minutes of the last two games, he's done nothing for three weeks. They've lost all three games. So that's what we're complaining about. Would I still rather have Aaron Rodgers on my team than every quarterback in the league other than maybe Brady? Sure. But the bottom line is people are are too quick to defend him, too quick to say, oh, he doesn't have receivers, he doesn't have an offensive line. A lot of teams are struggling with that. You know, Aaron Rodgers has to take some responsibility. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're so down on Aaron Rodgers, then, you know, if the Packers are similarly down on him, I'll trade you Ryan Fitzpatrick for him in any yeah. time you want. So, so, so now the question is what happens this week at, at the Vikings? Um, sorry, hold on. Yes, Ares? No, I'm doing work in this room. I'll do it in this room. He's not doing work, Garris. Don't listen to him. I've had. He's doing a podcast. You can't talk. You can't talk. All right. So the Vikings are on a five-game winning streak. This is a huge game. I think that the winner of this game wins the division. The Vikings, if they win this game, will virtually clinch a tiebreaker over Green Bay because of the fact that Green Bay uh, will have a, a worse division record by virtue of their loss at home to Detroit. So I think the winner of this game wins the division. The uh, the Vikings, obviously, not just won five in a row, but they've won, excuse me, eight in a row against the spread. And so I was pleased when I saw that the line opened with Green Bay favored in Minnesota. The Vikings continue to get no respect. Uh, the line has moved. It's now a pick 'em, But um, that still means that uh, people still aren't respecting the, the Vikings at home against Green Bay. From what we've seen the last few weeks, it's hard to imagine that Green Bay is going to be able to freely move the ball on the Vikings' number one defense. But I also don't think that Bridgewater is going to be able to move the ball on the Packers' defense. Uh, well, the Packers have a atrocious run defense. You know, Adrian Peterson, in, in the year in which he uh, ran for 2,000 yards and won the MVP, actually, first of all, here's an interesting stat. Right now, he is ahead of his pace that season. He has more yards through nine games this year than he did that yeah, year. Yeah, but he at the end of the uh, year, he just went nuts every single game. So. Well, and part of that is both games against the Packers, he ran for 200 yards. The Packers have an atrocious run defense. It's not any better, and I, I think that's going to continue this week. Peterson's leading league in rushing by like 220 yards, and I think he's going to extend it further this week. I, to be I just, fair, there's only like three running backs who have been a starter for the whole season at this point. It's kind of crazy. Chris Johnson is second in the league in rushing. <laughs> I mean, Chris Johnson, uh, if, like, if the, if the Cardinals didn't sign him, he might not be in the league this season, Chris Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. They signed him in the middle of the preseason. Here, here's the thing about the Vikings defense. It, it's not – it doesn't have the big names. You know, when the Vikings went to the – in 2009, when they went to NFC title game, it was Brett Favre, it was Jared Allen. There were big, sexy names on that team. This is one of the youngest teams in football, and you look at their defense – they don't have big, flashy guys. I mean, who's probably the highest-profile guy on their defense? Harrison Smith, maybe? Yeah, Harrison Smith right? at this point, yeah. Yeah, you know, these guys. But Linville Joseph is playing like an all, uh, like an all-pro. Anthony Barr is playing like an all-pro. But the team – and here's another interesting fact. You know, they, they, they won the turnover differential against the Raiders last week. But the previous four games, all of which were wins, by the way, they had they, – they lost turnover differential in every single one of those games. So this defense isn't creating turnovers. They're not getting lots of sacks or fumbles or anything like that. What they're doing is they're just forcing teams to punt. 
every single possession. The, the Vikings have more punts against them than any team in the league because it's basically three and out, three and out, three and out, and they're just they're, they 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 you know they they're really good tacklers, and 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 Zimmer is you know uh, blitzes and sort of forces quarterbacks to get rid of the ball early. So it's not really sexy or exciting the way they do it, but basically nobody can do anything. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers couldn't find time against the Lions front line, what's he going to do against the Vikings this week? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Packers, but I see why you're gonna pick the Vikings. Well, no, actually, I'm picking the Packers also because I'm a pessimist and because the Vikings haven't beat the Packers in three years. But um, you know, and all, look, everybody, every single week, everybody says, "Oh, the Vikings haven't beat anybody." Yeah, and 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 speaking of Bridgewater, the criticism of him is the fact that he doesn't put up these big cartoon numbers, or he doesn't even put up like the little cartoon numbers. <laughs> well, hold he doesn't on. even put up the numbers. In he puts up like five, Roman numerals. Or hold on, hold on. In his last five road games this year. He's averaged over 280 yards passing. He has six touchdowns, one interception. He's doing what they ask him to do, right? He only has six touchdowns, but that's because he has Adrian Peterson on his team. He's doing what they ask him to do. You know, the, the game manager sort of has a negative connotation. He hasn't, but it, it matters, he hasn't hit 200 in, in, since week seven. In the last two minutes, his quarterback rating is fourth in the league. He's really good. He, when, when they need him to play well, and this is a terrible comparison because I've always said how much I hate Troy Aikman, but I'm going to compare him to Troy Aikman because he's got a fantastic running back and a fantastic defense, and so they don't ask him to do that much. But when they do, such as in the last two minutes, he does it. He did it, you know, he did it against the Bears where he scored 10 points in the last two minutes of that game. He's very, very conservative, Bridgewater. He throws the ball away a ton because he doesn't want to have picks or take sacks. But in the last two minutes, he becomes much more aggressive, and it's actually worked to his benefit. So uh, I, I continue to feel more and more confident about Bridgewater, and I understand why the national people aren't because if you just look at his numbers, they're not impressive. But if you watch him play the game, I think he's playing really well. And the most exciting thing, frankly, is the fact that, again, as compared to like that 2009 team, other than Peterson, there's no significant player on this team who's over the age of 25. So this is a team I think that's going to be you know, very competitive for a long time. Is that because there's you know, no other significant players on the team besides Peterson? Well, <laughs> but that's right. Nobody knows who these guys are because they're all young. But Nobody you know, believes defense, in you guys. Yeah, I know. It's fantastic. Really, nobody does. And week after week, everybody says, oh, you haven't beaten anybody. And they keep beating everybody they play. And, and so all that having been said, I'm going to pick the Packers this week. By the way, breaking news, Alden Smith was suspended for a year. Not that that matters so much. I mean, the thing with that the Vikings is if you lose this game, I mean, the, your easiest game left is next week in Atlanta probably, or maybe at home against Chicago, who almost beat you uh, a few weeks ago. So it's really – the schedule is brutal. You still have Seattle, Arizona, the Giants, and uh, go to Lambeau the last week of the year. And that game is probably going to matter for the Packers. So – Oh, for sure it's going to matter. Well, not Seattle at home is not exactly a tough matchup. Chicago uh, at home, let's not go too crazy. At all. I think I think Seattle's still good enough that any any you they're know. okay. Oh, they could win, but it's not like the point is you don't have any, you know, the, the worst team you play record wise is Seattle and Chicago at four and five. Yeah, you know, th- there's no game in which the Vikings will be an underdog by more than three points, other than Arizona. Well, there's no game they're going to be favored by more than like four. Yeah. Oh, well, they, they'll be favored by more than four against the Bears. But, other th- but, but I guess my point is that their schedule's not easy, but it's not as hard as people are making it out to be. But we're both picking the Packers. I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, and let's get to uh, Arizona. Arizona-Cincinnati, best teams in the NFL, not including the Patriots. That Arizona game against Seattle was very impressive. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, it, it, do we have to bring back the narrative that Andy Dalton can't win at night? Yeah. Well, we're going to bring it back. He's, they're going to lose by 20 this week. By 20. Wow. Yeah. it's hard to pick Cincinnati after what just happened last night. I'm going to pick Arizona also, but I'm surprised because this line actually started with Arizona only favored by two and a half, which means that people think that Cincinnati is the better team. But um, yeah, after, after last night, I'm picking Arizona as well. So now let's get to the last game of the week, Monday night, Buffalo at New England. Yeah. I mean, to me, I really like, think the bills are a feisty team. They already played in week two and Brady threw from almost 500 yards, but I'm going to go totally off the reservation here and say that the Bills are going to win this game. Whoa! Wow! I think they end the streak. I think Rex will be so insufferable, coming off back-to-back wins over his his former team. So you think Bu- Buffalo goes into New England and wins? Wow. Yeah, I just I think New England, it, it takes New England maybe sometimes a week or two to figure something out. Amendola's played really well this season, but I, I do think, you know, if you at this point, if you pay a ton of attention to a Gronk, LaFell is not a number one. He proved last year that he's a really good number two or really a number three option because Gronk and Elliman ahead of him. But, you know, he hasn't shown anything yet this year, really. Uh, at least that he's back to where he was last year. Amendola has been better than people think, though. Yeah, Amendola's been great. He hasn't dropped a pass all season yet. Yeah. Uh, I think 
that the Patriots long term will be okay. And I do think Edelman probably comes back because they're going to have a bye. We have a long time before they need this. They don't need to see him again until January 17th. I think the Bills win this game and end the and end the uh, streak. So my big question was going to be, and you sort of undercut it, was going to be when are the Patriots losing? Because all along I thought they were going to lose that game at Denver. And, you know, and Denver, you know, shut shut out undefeated Green Bay just a couple weeks ago. But now with Denver in complete turmoil, I don't know if Denver's going to win that game. And then you look at the rest of their schedule at home against Philly, at Houston, at home against Tennessee, and then finishing with two divisional games against the Jets and the Dolphins. I really didn't see where a loss was on the schedule if it wasn't against Denver. But uh, but you see it right here at home against Buffalo. So I guess that answers that question right off the bat. Yeah, so uh, I guess that's it. Wow. So, and it's also good you picked that, by the way, because that gives us five games we disagree on. So we're guaranteed not to have a tie in picking winners and losers this week. So that that's uh, that's week 11. Boy, I, I can't remember the last time I was as excited for a football game as I am for Vikings-Packers. No, I, I wish I could say the same about the Jets-Texans, but it would be a lie. <laughs> yeah, but Jets-Texans is a huge game. It's it, a huge it's, game, but I'm not going to be... Like, yeah, I need the Jets gonna, to, like, play hard for four quarters before I can get excited about them. Yeah, but can we just acknowledge that, you know, so your Jets play at 1 o'clock. And then after that, you're going to have seven hours of fantastic football between Vikings, Packers, and then Cincinnati. Arizona. I can enjoy it if the Jets lose, though. If they win, I could bask in the glory yeah, no, of. I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. And 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 also, you don't even think Cincinnati, Arizona is going to be a good game. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But uh, that that wraps up this week on the podcast. Uh, please send your your tweets, your emails, your your WhatsApp messages, your Facebook messages uh, on Twitter. Akiva is Keeve twenty six. That's K E V twenty six. And on Twitter, I am a Chester ninety nine, and Jimmy sixty eight. We did hear you. We will get to our owner rankings. And Robbie, we hear you. And Peyton Manning sucks. So everyone, uh, enjoy week eleven. Bye bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.